0: Welcome to parent-driven development. I'm Chris Sexton and today I'm here with my friend K Wu.
1: Hi, I'm K Wu and today I'm here with my friend JC.
2: Hello everyone, I'm JC and I'm here with my friend Allison.
3: Hello, I am Allison and I am here with my friend Josh.
4: Hi, everybody. I'm Josh, and I am here with my friend Barrett, who is our guest today. Barrett Clark has been a part of the Ruby community for several years. He's a co-organizer of Rails Camp South, and he's on the Ruby Central Board of Directors. He's currently working on RubyConf. He wrote a book on data visualization that was born out of one of the talks that he gave at at RailsConf. He's also a parent. He's been married for 22 years. Him and his wife have two teenage boys and a new dog that they are still trying to train. Welcome to the show, Barrett Clark.
5: Hello. It's great to be here.
3: Hey. So Barrett, can you? we read your bio. Can we start by having you just tell us a little bit about yourself?
5: Sure. So um, I currently work at the Container Store. I've been here for two or three years. And um, it's the second job, actually, that I've had within a mile from my house, which is great. I work on our e-commerce team, our web team. So thecontainerstore.com and some of the systems that support it are what I currently work on. Like you heard in the bio, I've been in the Ruby community for a while. I have the privilege of working on some neat stuff there and uh, Rails Ruby comp sorry being what I'm currently working on and looking forward to seeing friends in Nashville uh, in November.
3: Well, and so I think today with back to school and all, we had talked a little bit about wanting to discuss, vent, talk about just extracurricular activities. Oh, boy.
4: Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> for, for kids, for, for, the, for the children, we should like <laughs> clarify.
2: <Just for>
5: <laughs> yeah, because I, I, mean, I have, I'm sure as y'all do too, way too many hobbies. There's, I, I could not spend time on uh, any of these things enough. So I've got two, two teenage boys, like you heard in the bio, and um, they're both in band. And I was in band. And so that's kind of my world. And it's a lot of fun. My two kids, uh, one's a senior. And so we are also chasing down graduation and college applications. And There's all kinds of fun there. Uh, My other son is a sophomore. They both play brass instruments, which is great because I also play a brass instrument. So it's a world that I understand. And my wife and I most recently were presidents of the Band Booster Association, which we've got 400 to 450 kids in our high school band. So it's kind of a big organization. It's a year-long commitment. This year, we're serving as past presidents. We're kind of uh, advisors helping this year's president along, but not responsible for any of the decisions, which is a really nice position to be in. So that's kind of the extracurricular situation That we're in, in a nutshell, my kids grew up playing sports, lots of sports, but over time that winnowed down and then ultimately we got to the decision point, they got to the decision point going into high school that um, it was time to choose either sports or band. So soccer was the last thing to drop off of our non-musical extracurricular radar.
3: So in a way, I mean, it's funny because we said at the beginning, like, oh, extracurricular activities for children. But it's funny how your child's extracurricular activities oftentimes end up involving you and involving you um, getting getting involved in interesting ways as well through, you know, PTA or, you know, roles in terms of organizing, etc.
5: That's true. And, you know, you want your kids the opportunity to experience as many things as you can, you know, reasonably let them experience, and you want to help them burn off energy as well. We live on a cul-de-sac, and we used to play a game <laughs> with our kids of um, see how fast you can go run around the cul-de-sac. Uh, they both figured <laughs> it out eventually, but you know, they can't drive uh, when they're eight, and so uh, you get to drive across town and spend all day at the soccer tournament or the baseball tournament or the whatever. Um, fortunately we've been able to make friends with, uh, with parents and form carpools and even lifetime friendships, well, hopefully a lifetime, but you're right. It is our kid's activities that we sort of adopt as well. And, you know, you, you want to be there to watch them perform or play or whatever, you know, so they know that, that you value what they're doing as well. Although sometimes when the soccer game isn't going so well, you know, you don't mind that they lost the tournament, and you get to go home for the rest of the weekend.
2: So, you know, uh, my kids as well are um, doing extracurriculars right now. They're still in the sports phase. And I have a high schooler in football, and a middle schooler in football, and a grade schooler in softball. And I'm same boat. Drive kids. Uh, I drive my daughter to practice two, sometimes three times a week, and I help with practice. So, I'm there right after work, and I don't get home till like eight or nine sometimes. And then uh, for middle school, we carpool. So, that always helps. I think we have three kids that we pick up. I hope I'm getting all the kids I'm supposed to get. And uh, so, that we do that once every (laughs) three weeks on the cycle. I'm glad you finished that sentence because at first, I think I have three kids that I have to pick up. Yes. (laughs) I'm not that tired. I do remember how many kids I have. (laughs) I'm pretty tired, but not that tired. <laughs> but that's a smell you ride, you know, in the car when all those football players come in. Uh, luckily, my high school, you know, son, the the one that's in high school, I had one that just graduated high school, and they were both football players and wrestlers. So it's, it keeps us busy. And I'm also in a unofficial capacity. I'm, I, I like to stay unofficial at the f- football booster club, but I stay very busy with that. And I do a lot of work there uh, with that too. So it's fun We, you know, to stay involved that way. And I think sometimes I feel like my kids maybe were like, oh, I wish my dad probably didn't do as much. But at, at the same time, I'm, I look back to when my parents were involved in my things and I thought it was awesome. And uh, Barrett, I also play the trumpet. So I think that is great that your kids are doing band. It's so much fun. I played all the way through high, all through high school and stuff. And I, we didn't have a marching band uh, that I was in. I guess it started later. We did have one towards the end of my, my high school years, but I was doing the sports side of it, but I played in concert band and played the trumpet. And that was, that was a ton of fun. So kudos to your kids for uh, sticking to music. It's just uh, something they can do their whole lives. So that's awesome.
5: My oldest is currently planning on studying music in college. Um, I think he's debating music education and performance. He plays tuba and there are not a lot of tuba gigs An orchestra only has one tuba player, but it is, it has been really cool. And, you know, to kind of to your point, J.C. about being around uh, when he was a freshman in the marching band. I was down there pushing all the props around and stuff. And mm-hmm. I think that season, he uh, actually commented, you know, you say your kids appreciate you being here. They weren't, they're weren't; they not going to tell you, but your kids deep down, they appreciate it. Well, he actually did tell me that he appreciated it. Uh, we would always do a high-five kind of thing, you know, go get them, win at halftime kind of thing. But it was nice to have that, like, you know, I'm here to harass you and give you a hard time as, as much as I can. But um, also, move all this heavy stuff around and support you
2: yeah and uh, you know i see all those parents doing that for our marching band we have a really good marching band at our high school and kudos to them because seriously they put in a lot of work building those props in, in the summer in the heat of the summer i've seen them doing that while i'm watching football practice or you know something like that in the weekends and, and i enjoy their performances i like watching them and and i i do a lot of photography at the games and so i take pictures of a lot, a lot of the kids that i know and band and send it to their parents and Try to share those with them as well, not just the football players that I'm out there, you know, getting some some action shots. So it's it's just fun to be out there and, and enjoying that atmosphere.
4: I'm here to bust up this love-in. <laughs> hey, cut it out. <laughs> Barrett, I wanted to ask if, if you have any advice for balancing extracurricular activities and I guess I guess we'd call them curricular activities. Um, I know I know some families struggle with you know, extracurricular activities can take up a lot of time and a lot of space. And sometimes it feels like they take up more time and space than like, you know, actual studies and schoolwork. Have you have you had to navigate that at all?
5: Yes, for sure. Actually, Uh, last year, my oldest son was working part time to make some money to take his girlfriend out or buy things that he wanted to and was a student, obviously, although that wasn't necessarily at the top of his priority list. And he was performing in a couple of different ensembles. And one of the things that he did this summer was he had, had the opportunity to march in a drum corps, which is which is a big deal. And kind of like picture what you think about with a marching band during a halftime show. But this is like the big leagues. Kids age out at 22. So you're marching in some cases with um, college you know, people who are studying music. So he did that this summer. And so he was preparing for that. He was playing in ensembles in the area and at school and working and trying to balance friends and girlfriend and school. And it finally got to the point where he was stressed out. And we said, well, you have to cut some activities out. And so as as much as it would be great for you to make some money, that's probably the easiest thing for you to drop at this point. And beyond that, just trying to stay on top of the school stuff. I will give him credit Or being more dialed in. I joked that it wasn't his top priority. But last year, in the midst of all of that, was when he really kind of started to figure out, you know, the importance of doing homework or even just turning stuff in, because at least teenage boys are notoriously bad for, (laughs) they'll do the work. They just won't ever bother to turn it in. And uh, (laughs) so you get that, that grade. And it's like, why are you failing this class? Just turn your stuff in. Yeah. But that was, that was our most recent challenge with that. You know, you have hard choices. At times where, and we had it with our younger son going into high school as well, where he loved playing soccer and he loved playing French horn. And unfortunately, the way that the class schedule worked out, he ended up having to make a choice. And we said, well, you can play soccer recreationally much more easily than you can play French horn recreationally. And so he went the band route and he's enjoyed it. It's been a good choice for him, but still, it was an unfortunate situation that you have to start making those sorts of choices. So early.
0: Has he been able to play soccer in like a rec league or something?
5: He has played the the league that he's been playing in is uh, as a volunteer with special Olympics, where we have teams that are made up of kind of a combined team of special Olympians and I guess fully capable children. And so my son is one of, of a couple of kids who plays on the team and they're on the field to help support and uh, encourage. they're not going to be um, – it's not that they're disallowed from scoring, but it's, it's discouraged. They're just kind of there to keep the ball moving and help the other kids out, and he loves that. And so that has been kind of his main soccer outlet for the last couple of years, and it's been a lot of fun. My wife is a physical therapist in the school district, which is kind of part of the special education department, and so she knows a lot of the educators – and, and families and so it's and it's a really incredible community. I, I can't say enough about how much love and support there is with the teachers and parents. It's pretty incredible to watch.
0: I was curious kind of about that inflection point with the kids where it gets to too many activities and what you were kind of describing sounded more like the the like high school age like actual more real responsibility versus like I've signed them up for too many activities. <laughs> yeah and so one of the things that like i've seen with the two kids one of them has really taken to one sport and is great and that's clearly their thing and they love it and then i have another you know the other one is much more like free and open and hasn't doesn't really click to one thing too much um and kind of floats around and you know in order to kind of compensate for that we've We've signed him up for more things, and now, we're, now we're kind of stepping back and looking at like, well, like tonight there's two, and you know it's like, oh, go from one, and then like eat your sandwich on the car on the way to the other one, like you'll be fine.
5: It's okay. so bad, isn't it? Yeah
0: yeah and so we're trying you know we're trying to figure that out and it, i mean you know and it, uh, he's in sixth grade and and wanted to join band but has never done it before but it's also just you know at the elementary school twice a week or or whatever so it's it's not a huge commitment but it's like oh do we really want one more thing do, do i want to have to go rent an instrument and figuring out where like to allow more exploring and where to like to kind of rein things back in so we're not spread too thin and it sounds like you've done a bunch of that
5: we with our youngest son at one point he was playing on two soccer teams and i think only one lacrosse team
4: but um, only one. <laughs> oh man he must have been <laughs> in the car constantly
5: it, yeah he was just always sweaty and the poor guy he had um or is is i think just now coming out of this thing called sievers where it's like an inflammation i think of the growth plate in your in his feet and he had it in both of his feet and so it ends up kind of being an overuse injury where it's not going to do permanent damage but it is really uncomfortable and so he would have games where he would play all out and then at the end of the game just collapse on the sideline and see so just given it his all and couldn't even walk at that point and yeah you got to start say so, okay well you know first of all maintaining practices for all these teams was bonkers and maybe we pared down to only one of each sport and so yeah we had those those choices at a younger age as well i, I think i can relate to your son i was sort of the the kid who wasn't particularly great at, at any of the sporty things but it was kind of fun to be out there with your friends and fortunately for me i i found band and there are all kinds of benefits to, to music that would be a whole other tangent but in general I, I take a step back here in general i my main hope for my boys was always just to find something that they felt like they belonged in that that made them feel good you know it didn't matter to me if it was sports or I, I tried to encourage them to do some programming that didn't really stick but really i just wanted them to find a community where they felt at home like i did when i was in high school in van because that was what i had experienced and i wanted them to have a similar feeling
4: that's a really good way to put it i had never thought about it in terms of like helping your child find like the community i think i think a lot of parents focus on the like the mechanics of the activity itself. And don't think about it as like a, a mechanism to help your child find a community of, of friends, of, of people interested in the same thing, to have that experience of peers that are interested in the same thing.
0: So we've been very happy with my daughter's gymnastics team for those same reasons. It's a tiny little scrappy gym and the team is just all together. And the thing that I liked about it is it kind of starts about fourth grade uh, and goes through seniors in high school. And it's just all the girls in the gym are all there together. And that was that was when I was like, oh, you're going to have this group of friends the whole time. And I think that's fantastic. On the flip side, when I've you know been looking at activities for my son, he, you know, he's playing Little League. But, you know, you only very strict only play with the kids your age. And then so you don't get kind of that exposure and the teams tend to switch up a lot. Uh, and then he plays, instru- you know, he does this guitar and that's just him and an instructor. So it's not really a community. And so I've, I've struggled to find a good, you know, option for him, uh, whereas it just kind of happened to work out uh, with my daughter. And so this is kind of a, a weird thing, like certain activities lend themselves to the community and it's awesome. And I would love to find that, but it's it's not necessarily straightforward.
5: No, it's not. And, you know, you don't really know where... Where they're going to go, you know, maybe they're not as interested in something as you thought they were, or you didn't realize they were as into something as as they were. And it's it's definitely a challenge trying to navigate that.
0: So you talked a little bit about being the president of the marching band and that you were happy that you switched to the consulting president um, type role. Were you happy that you did that? Because I know that's a ton of work and I see those things happen. And in general, my gut reaction is oh, hell no, I'm not going to spend all my time doing that.
5: That was my reaction shortly before saying, okay, I'll do this also. <laughs> I am glad that we did. I'm glad that my wife did it with me. The the decision point there, her decision was, well, both of our kids are now in the high school band and we're going to be up there all the time watching them, you know, dragging all this stuff around. And so if there was a time to do this, this is that time, and so we jumped into it. And we have some good friends who, whose kids are also in band, and, and you know, like we talked about earlier, you kind of build your own community amongst parents as we watch our kids do these things. And so it kind of became a thing. Like, I, you know, I called one of them and said, "Hey, I'm thinking about doing this crazy thing. I'd really love your help." And and that just kind of snowballed, and we ended up having a really great board. Of, of people who are our friends but also just other band parents and i mean we probably have the board's probably 20 or 30 people so it's not something where where we had to do all the heavy lifting and if you have a good support system a good board you know then you're really just kind of a manager at that point making sure that things are taken care of being there to answer questions and whenever the directors needed something you know you're the go-to person. So, it was it was a good experience and I really enjoyed it while we were doing it this summer when we made the transition and then I was able to kind of take a breath and focus on other things. I was surprised actually to see how much I enjoyed being able to just sit and not have to make decisions or not have to, you know, take this question to this person and figure out who's doing this thing. And I mean, we're still heavily involved. I'm still the person who's responsible. We're getting all the props built and in addition to being the past president advising but it's much less of a commitment and and we can volunteer more on our terms you know if there's a weekend that we want to do something as a family or we need to go make a college visit i'm driving up to wichita kansas saturday to look at a tuba for my son for example you know it's nice to be able to have the flexibility to do more of those sorts of personal
2: and or family things I think that's one of the reasons I opted to be the unofficial board person on the <laughs> on the uh, booster club because then that gives me that flexibility. But I'm able to uh, work to my strengths, I guess. But, you know, do stuff, not just be focusing on one thing. But I can help any basically anywhere that they need help with whatever. And and our booster clubs tend to ask senior parents to do less. So if you have a senior, they want to just enjoy that year and not worry about too much. And you know, they try to get the underclassmen to to do more the, those families, so that the parents can enjoy the, the senior year and just you know be able to sit back and relax a little bit. So that's one thing that uh, I kind of like about how they set up the booster clubs here at the this high school. And that works actually well. Not only does it give the senior parents
5: the ability to relax a little bit, but it's a good training technique where you bring in. More volunteers for the underclassmen and they get a chance to do things and figure out how the system works so that you don't have all these senior parents doing stuff and then they all graduate and nobody knows how anything works.
2: Right, right. The continuity is better when you have, you know, freshman parents involved early on, obviously as freshmen with uh, some experienced board members. That's right. Right. Get involved freshman parents.
3: So one thing that I've been thinking about a little bit, I'm trying to I'm trying to find my I don't know if this is a question or just sort of like a discussion topic to get to get people's thoughts on. But we've been talking this episode about like being involved and you know taking on this role and taking the time and, and being very involved. I will say that my experience as a kid was very different. I had a a single mom and there were three of us. And I did a fair amount of things in high school. And 100% my mom never came to anything. Like it was like, you know, if we had to like sign up for something, I was like, Oh my god, I need that sign up sheet first so that I can sign up for like napkins or plates or, (laughs) or something that I knew was going to be like, super super easy but she like definitely you know she never came to name never came to any games she would come to like the end of school year like the band or the recital you know that that she would do but definitely sort of none of the none of the practices and stuff along the way and I think it was partially like it was fine right like partially she wasn't interested and partially she was a single mom with you know multiple children but so yeah i mean i guess like one question is for folks who maybe for folks whose kids whose parents can't come like are there ways in which you try to support those kids or support the parents like might not be able to sort of like be at be at every game right we talked a little bit about creating a community for kids and i'm curious like how that extends to parents that might not, you know, because they don't want to, or because they can't be as, as involved.
0: Well, we definitely talk about the the balance that we need and purposefully not doing that. And I think we have the means, but we both, you know, it is also, we both work and live in a town with horrible traffic and all of these things that make it complicated. So there's definite conscious times where it's just like, we're, we're going to say no, even though, we're getting like the evil glares from the, the other parents on the team that were slacking off. But, you know, I have to make those decisions for family quality. Otherwise, we're not going to survive.
4: There's a crumpled up PTA signup form in my wastebasket just like glaring yes. at me. Right. right <laughs> literally, I'm staring at it as Allison was talking. And I'm just like,
0: shame, shame. Take, take <laughs> that out and put it in the bin. <laughs>
2: So we've never joined, I don't think we've ever joined the PTA for any of our kids, but we've been involved in other stuff, you know, and, and events and whatever. And I think my wife's usually like the, the classroom coordinator and stuff, make sure that the activities get done and make sure there's staffing, parents staffing, you know, volunteers for different events that they're going to have throughout the year and that kind of stuff. So, I mean, we're involved as far as other kids that may not have that support system, or you know, It's not possible, like you said, Allison, because of a single parent, and it's just not feasible, right? Um, I think for me, in grade school, it's a lot harder to have that visibility into it. So I really don't know, especially with stuff in school. Outside of school, with extracurriculars, it's always a little bit easier to know who the busy parents are and whether or not they can come. Uh, some of the parents just can't make it to practice, and sometimes the kids miss practice. So We make it a point to find out, like, or pay attention to who's missing practice, and is it because of a ride? If that's the case, we are more than happy to pick up and take home any kid that needs a ride. Uh, Same with my kids in high school. If you have a teammate that does not have a a car to go earlier for film study or whatever, and they live nearby or on the way, my kids pick them up. They did that last year every day. They picked up their one of their teammates and they rode to school with them, and you know, uh, rode home after practice and that worked out well and it was it was great. I think it's a lot easier to see that as they get older because it's more likely that they'll be able to do things by themselves and then you kind of pay attention to that. As far as as the games and other actual performances it's hard for me to tell really. I don't know a lot of the parents anyway. The ones I do know I know are there so it's just kind of kind of weird to see that. I think the coaches might know better And maybe that's something to keep in mind as as we go around trying to do this, you know, participate in our children's lives, make sure that other kids also have that support and find ways to to do that for them or see if we can help. Uh, Maybe something to keep in mind, because I think a lot of times we just forget as well.
5: I'll say we did have or do our band director is really thoughtful and makes an effort to be inclusive and um, some of the things that he does like for parents who can't be at a meeting or at a concert or whatever is the the concerts are recorded they're, they're streamed via facebook live and then available afterwards so that way parents who couldn't make it you know extended family who doesn't live in in, in the city can see the performance and he is able to, to look at the tracking on who's watching you know not who specifically but what times are people watching the video and kind of from where and we'll have grandparents from across the globe or you know maybe not grandparents specifically but people are around the globe watching these concerts or watching a meeting via that was recorded via facebook live so that they can be involved more passively and from home but still be involved And if they can't come and work a thing or come watch a concert you know that that helps a little bit with that but the community aspect also from the, for the children's perspective, I, I hope that the community feels bigger than just their friends and their peer group, that they feel the support from the educational staff, from the other parent volunteers who some of the parents are up there a lot and, and get to know the kids. And, you know, you start to get to know the kids and maybe give them a little bit of a hard time. And so hopefully that, or not just give them a hard time, but, you know, give them rides or you know, feed them snacks, whatever. So my hope is that that community feel extends in that direction as well. And I don't know that compensates is quite the right word, but just helps bridge those gaps, fill in those gaps.
4: Do you all think it's weird to like ask about some of these organizational structural setups before your child goes out for activity? It it sounds like, you know, the band experiences and the sports experiences, they sound wonderful. Is that really crazy? Does it sound crazy as a parent to ask, like, you know, a, a band director, like, hey, how is your organization set up? How do you support parents that can't contribute as much before you let your kid join? I guess it's a problem telling your child, you know, I'm sorry, your band director doesn't have their, you know, act together. You're not joining. But it was just a, just a quick thought I had.
5: Well, high school is a long way away. But when you pick up your, your instrument in elementary or, or middle school, um, and so that's a bit of a slow boil, perhaps, but you do have some activities where you jump right in and fundraising is the very first thing that you have to do. Oh, so yeah. in September or October, you know, you're selling popcorn or selling frozen cookie dough or, you know, whatever. And man, that's a lot to throw at a family right out of the gate, which is and those sorts of things, frankly, have been deal breakers not that we had excess time to give to other things but yeah you do kind of look around and see like well i'm kind of glad that my kids uh or or baseball where they have four practices a week sometimes because Mm -hmm. you've got batting practice two days and field practice two days and like that's that's a lot of stuff for kids who are in elementary school. That's a lot of stuff.
4: I think it's worth having the conversation. You know, I, our daughter was interested in several things this year. And we, we like had the conversation with her with like, you know, well, how much time is that all going to take up out of your schedule, out of our schedule? What is important to you? I think it makes sense because like as they get older, it's more on them. But especially when they're younger, I mean, especially when they're in like grade school, you know, your, your child goes out for a... For a sport or a club, and as a parent, you're doing a, you're doing a lot.
5: You are, and I have preached, especially to my older son, time is a finite resource. Be careful how you spend it. He does, especially his freshman year, like marching season. They were busy, and and that was his best semester that year because he didn't have as much time to goof off. And so there is a balance. Kind of coming from the other direction. There is a bit of a balance there on making sure that they're busy enough while not being overwhelmed and not overwhelming you. Before they, you know, having him be able to drive has been amazing. But
1: there were
5: years where he wasn't driving.
4: One last thing I wanted to ask in the spirit of getting dirty laundry out of the way. I'm sure nobody else has had this experience, but how do you deal with that parent? Like, I think we've all been on a board, on a group for our child, and there's just that parent and you're not going to get along with them and it's stressful, but you gut it out because your kid really enjoys the activity. Um, have you had to deal with that at all? Have you, like, observed that?
1: I'm afraid of becoming that parent. <laughs> so like, if we sign, don't sign, up, sign up for not too many, just, you know, just try to be self-aware. Like, one reason not to sign up for too many things is, like, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I would love to hear more about this, too. My wife sometimes has to
5: remind me, or had to remind me, especially in the sports setting, to not yell at the other parents. (laughs) That didn't come out right. That's overrated. um, (laughs) You know, there would be times where, like, I can be sarcastic and I want to say, like, it's a good thing we have so many referees out here right now, you know, stuff like that. (laughs) And so having somebody who can help you not do the thing that you're going to immediately regret is definitely helpful. Yeah, but that that parent is... Is
2: Barry Clark. (laughs)
5: <laughs> no, I, <laughs> I'm kidding. I don't know what. What have you heard? <laughs> who told you? We would try to position our chair far enough away, or I would just not sit down so that I could get up and walk around and and not have it look like I was obviously trying to get away from somebody. <laughs> and uh, then, like in in the band, you would also occasionally, you know, sometimes you just have super volunteers who are really energetic and enthusiastic about going a direction different from what you really kind of wanted the situation to go. And I have to say, I, I'm not a manager at work, but I feel fairly prepared now after (laughs) a year spinning all those plates and learning how to work delicately in some of those situations.
1: I'm kind of a little curious about how, how folks are thinking about approaching the, the, just like the straight up financial aspect of a lot of these extracurricular type activities you know we've talked about families that were like we've been talking about like about like the physical presence and like the volunteering time but and we're far off from it but like I just read all these articles about just the fees involved and then the equipment and, and I mean even with the fundraising that we touched on a little bit I'm I'm totally like my my parents and like the way that I would totally want to do this going forward is just like just tell me what the upfront amount, like the average oh, yeah. contribution, is, and I'll Absolutely. just do that.
4: Could I <laughs> we, uh, I'll even oh, pay like yeah. an
1: extra surcharge? Like, I do not want to sell magazine subscriptions. Yes. We
4: are one of my <laughs> daughters. Uh, my daughter's Girl Scout troop was just ta- the Girl Scout troop was just talking about selling nuts and candy this fall. That's an addition to the Girl Scout cookies, and I immediately was like, "I, I, I can I just write a check?" I, <laughs> and I realized that is a that is a that is from a position of like extreme privilege. Yeah, but yeah. I as a kid yeah. I remember hauling boxes of Christmas cards in the Wisconsin winter around our little town and it was just like do I have to do this? I think, it's a va- I think it's a valid it's, question yeah. to ask up front, and that's
2: the thing, right? You have to do it too. You can't just send your daughter by herself. So
0: I think it's, it's fair to it. ask up front. But it's very valid. Like you know, we're often constrained. Like we have one, one or the other of these bottlenecks, or sometimes both for some families. Of you know, are are you financially constrained, or are you time constrained? And you know, I see the fundraising things is seriously encroaching because it takes up my time and my effort and I only have so much of that like like Barrett said that it's it's finite money is also a finite resource but often being you know two working parents in, in our family we would much rather be able to write that check and we don't have the time to go to the things you know uh, we have friends that have it the other way around and they made decisions so that the way their life is set up they have more time and that's what they can afford is to spend the time to do the things and not and they, they would never write the check that that sounds absurd to them so yeah I can see I can see both sides of that very easily and I also know that activities like there's lots of choices in most of the activities that give options so you know Wu and your situation where you're a little early and looking looking at what you'll have to deal with you know it, it can be as simple as well we're going to join you know we're going to join the the soccer league that's not the hyper competitive parents that are constantly raising money to travel and do all that stuff yeah. or maybe you really want to do that because your kid's super into it and so you choose to yeah. do that as opposed to go to the one that's just a bunch of you know people only there on sunny days yeah. so.
2: <laughs> or only <laughs> indoor sports
0: that way only, I, I swear <laughs> by the indoor sports
4: right. <laughs> oh no no my daughter played hockey the indoor oh man that's indoors but oof.
0: <laughs> that's like in a refrigerator <laughs> <laughs> It's can only play beach volleyball, that's the one I want. I'll go watch all those (laughs) games.
2: (laughs) Yeah. So for our kids in high school, for the football thing, they raise a lot of money. uh, They do fundraisers, but the kids are expected to go and do the fundraising. We sell one of our big fundraisers is selling mulch, and it actually works pretty well. Everybody wants to mulch their yard. We're in the suburbs, so people want to mulch their yards in the spring, and that's when they go out and sell the mulch and deliver it you know they deliver it to the house or the driveway and it's a pretty good deal and the if you sell you know so many bags then all your booster club fees and camp fees and other things are paid for already that that will cover those fees if you sell all these bags you know you can sell more and raise more money for the for the team and all the other expenses they have but so i told my kids hey there's no reason that i should write a check for something that you can go earn by doing a little bit of work on the weekend and so i have not forked out any money for any of that, because I expect them to go and raise that money. It's easy and they're able to do it. They just, you know, and they have, they've raised the money and they've been the top sellers of mulch because they knew I was not going to pay for it if it's something that they can raise. So I think that kind of covers maybe the ones that don't want to write a check or that can't write a check because anybody that regardless of the means is, you know, unless you are completely time constrained as a kid, you should be able to go out there and sell a little bit of mulch. Everybody lives in the, in the same area around here and you should be able to get your fees covered. So I think that's kind of a really equitable way to to do that for as far the fees go in this. And we've been lucky that we haven't had too many expensive extracurriculars yet. Uh, I'm thinking that softball is gonna probably get a little expensive coming up here as she gets a little bit older, but we'll see. We'll we'll circle back to this in a year or two.
1: Yeah, it's a, I'm almost thinking that like at some point that you know it, it's it's going to have to be a category in like the family budgeting that I usually put together for just like I'm not that strict about a budget, but I do like to have a general sense of like are our resources going towards the area that we feel are most important and like make sure there's alignment there at least is is a lot of times what I'm looking for on those things and. You know, not organized activities, but I've just been thinking about this a lot over the last couple of weeks because I I've been thinking a lot about what I want to do for my son for Chinese language immersion in particular, and thinking through me even before as well, like oh should I have should I have a set aside amount of like toys and books budget for him or something rather than just like buying things from Facebook ads that I've seen often enough <laughs> now to be persuaded into <laughs> one thing or another from a blog, right? Like also uh, trying to be a little bit more intentional about that. Yeah. Yeah. And and also, just trying to place like okay for for the Chinese language stuff is really important to me. But you can get real. I mean, I I recently read a blog post where sh- where someone was totaling up the their annual summer trip to Taiwan for immersion purposes, and it was like f- five figures for the summer for them. And I was like, okay, well, I know that that's kind of like I have an upper bound somewhere, but I feel like I should think about it ahead of time rather than just running into it in practice and then feeling bad about it afterwards.
3: <laughs> yeah. I think, I mean, on that, on that line, like, I think that there are some things that are okay. So like next year we're going to start Hebrew school. Cause my son will be out of preschool. So he'll be in regular public school. And so that means that we're going to do preschool and you know, like preschool is expensive. A lot of things that are associated with with Judaism in general are like pretty expensive and Hebrew school is expensive. And, it's gonna be an extracurricular that's a non-negotiable, right? So he might he might like it, he might dislike it. There's uh Hebrew school education is very is very varied. And so, but yeah, like we we know that so Devin right now is in breakdancing class, actually. We've tried a bunch of different <laughs> things and he's been pretty okay. so so on oh them, but God. he's like really into breakdancing. Oh, it's where crazy. are the videos? Oh my goodness.
5: <laughs> I, my boys so, did a hip hop class is awesome.
3: <laughs> so he's yeah, he's he's super into breakdancing. That's like his activity of of choice. And then you know he'll start he'll start Hebrew school. And yes yeah, so I think that also there are probably you know I think at this call we've talked a lot about like their their choice, right? What kids want to be involved in. I think that there are also some like extracurricular things and expenses that are like, well, it actually sort of doesn't matter if you want to do this or if you don't want to do this, like (laughs) you're, uh, this is going to be a thing that you do. And this is going to be a Mm -hmm. thing that we spend money Mm -hmm. on as a result. Mm -hmm.
5: I'll also say lots of these activities, sports band, if you just have a, if, if you're having trouble Like, they don't want your kid to be excluded because you can't afford for them to be included. And and maybe that means making the choice, like somebody else touched on earlier, of not playing on the, you know, hardcore select team. But there's used equipment usually available either by the sports association or, you know, the people in the organization know who has used equipment. Or, you know, we actually have a scholarship bucket in the band budget that we tripled last year to make sure that financial constraints weren't keeping kids out of the band program. And, and just takes a conversation, you know, just a subtle or, you know, a, a discreet conversation. And then those sorts of things could could be worked out as well.
4: That's a that's a great idea. We had something similar with our soccer league, I'm oh, sorry, a hockey league, where older pieces of equipment were donated. And then every year there was a tryout hockey event. And basically, the the way it worked was the first year you were in the hockey league, you got to, if you needed to or wanted to, you could take equipment from this library of older equipment that we had. And in hockey, that, that can save you like a thousand dollars easily. Um, it was a great way to get people into it and to decide if they, if their kids really wanted to play.
3: So this is the portion of the show where we talk about our genius moments or our fail moments. So something that happened in the last week or two that was really, really amazing and we felt like was a great genius or that didn't go so well and that was maybe a fail. Who wants to go first?
4: I'll go first. This is kind of directly related to the topic of extracurricular activities and sports. So my daughter is in sixth grade, and she was interested in going out for some sports and trying them this year. And props to our school's volleyball team. They held a two-night camp about two or three weeks before school started, and it was two three-hour sessions in the middle of the week, and it was it was pitched as come try out volleyball, learn what it's like, do a couple practices, play a little bit of the game, see – If this is something you want to do and she did it and she hated it (laughs) and she is not in volleyball this year. But I was I was really I was really impressed that the volleyball team put on this event to help it was framed specifically. Hey, you don't know if you're going to enjoy volleyball until you get out there and play some of it. I was impressed with my daughter and encouraged her to like to to view it as an opportunity just to try it out. And if. If you don't want to do it, that's fine. I grew up in an environment where if you went out for something, you were in that you were in that activity until the year ended. And that's how I ended up hauling a French horn up a hill for an entire year and hated it. And I just didn't want that to happen to my daughter. So I was just really grateful for the opportunity to have her try something out and for her to say, you know, I don't like this and, and that's okay.
5: This hill was it uphill both ways.
4: Uh, the the french horn like who 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 gives a seventh grader a french horn and expects them to ride a bike up a large hill i just i can go on (laughs) cut cut out the french horn oh
2: that's quite the case too so that's that's the
4: thing i was on a bmx bike with this like you know to this day the the french horn gives me like ptsd
5: and and for a long time like you said the the case is so big that like he he couldn't carry it without it dragging
2: on the ground (laughs) <laughs> we Yeah, I played the baritone in fifth grade. That was a huge case, too. So good times. I have a, I, well, I'm going to say it's a genius fit, uh, a genius moment because my uh, fifth grade daughter, you know, she came home and she's my only daughter, but she came home and my other kids have picked, I think, as viola and then trombone, the two two other boys that they tried out and played for a year or two, and then they, they decided they didn't want to keep doing that. Uh, she came home and decided she was wanting to play the trumpet so i told the rest of my kids there in front of her you know everyone was at home at dinner and i said well she is hands down my favorite child now she was my favorite daughter before that but now she's my favorite child because she's playing trumpet since i play trumpet so i I thought that went over really well with the other boys we uh we use that's why you're my favorite constantly and the other one's like what yeah (laughs) pretty much (laughs) i was i was telling me whoever my you know whoever is uh Annoying me the least is probably my favorite kid at that moment, but yeah, it's it's a fun, fun little game to play with the kids.
5: Uh, okay, I'll go. So my oldest son is a senior in high school, and we're in the throes of college applications. We would have been working on it over the summer, except he was gone all summer marching with the drum corps, and we didn't go to any of the... So you have a kid who wants to go to college meetings, which it turns out would have been a good thing, so... This is a genius that's also a fail. So we're playing catch up a little bit. Uh, We want him to go ahead and get the applications done so that we can focus on other things that the senior year is just bonkers with all the things that have to happen. Getting him to write the essays has been a struggle. Getting him to get through the process has been a challenge because he doesn't want to do it. And we want him to do it and so we had been helping him and had been making great progress and things were going really well until we got closer and closer to being done and he got more and more bogged down and not wanting to do it and so i reached the point where i just was no longer helpful because i was so frustrated like just finish but you can't make your kid do something they don't want to do and so fortunately my wife was able to step in and come from a different perspective i don't know just be a different voice and i'm happy to say but some applications have been submitted, and hopefully two more will be submitted tonight, and maybe he'll actually leave the house and go to college hopefully. <laughs>
4: <laughs> could we ask what the alternative track was the Jedi mind trick that your wife used? or can you can, have... can, can you contrast it with your mind have done that <laughs> <laughs> I'm just curious like what like wait, was it was it a difference in tone was it a difference in rationalization? I'm, I'm really curious.
5: Yeah, it was a difference in tone. And she came in from a... I'm going to make some more comments on the Google Doc because it's a great way to share and and be able to make comments. So he put all those essays in a Google Doc. And I as we were working through it would be like, well, let's keep your previous paragraph so we can kind of contrast, you know, and, and pick and choose what changes we like and what we don't like. And then we can kind of make a final copy. And that just was too overwhelming to him. She came more from a, let's just get rid of the old stuff and we'll just, you know, you can always undo so that there wasn't as much visual clutter, visual noise. And that I think is what ended up working better. But, you know, I just kept kind of trying to, hammer that or whatever the analogy is a uh, square in the round hole and she's like well let's just put this round piece in it
0: he didn't like reading the diff i, I don't understand I know, so, right yeah mine will be uh, fairly fairly quick i'd like to throw in a fail and this is for a uh, middle school back to school night and so they did the entire school did back to school night at once the traffic was backed up for at least two miles in any direction like, or uh, trying to get to the school. So that was the first sign that this was going to go horribly wrong. And then it was just so many people, so many teachers. And we spent the vast majority of the time just switching classrooms. And there was no quality time. You got to maybe introduce yourself to the teacher. And by the time you start to explain who who your child is, the next parent is coming along to introduce. So I, I did uh, in the end, I was like, this this provided no value whatsoever, other than I can maybe recognize people uh, because I've seen them in person, but they, they have no idea who I am. So my fail, <laughs> this was our uh, middle school, back to school night. Oh, and did man. you have that parent?
5: Did you have that parent who was... Like, you know, you thought maybe you were going to actually get to talk to one of the, the teachers, but that parent was in there, you know, talking about I don't know, what esoteria they were talking about, but just monopolizing all the time.
0: Right. Yeah, and that and often that parent was, wasn't even talking about the student. It was just right. something else. And I'm like, uh, this, this particular teacher happens to be my child's IEP advisor, and I'd really like to quick get in and say something because we're trying to do stuff. And then in the end, I was like, you know what? Nope. Email works great. <laughs> like, I'll communicate because the poor teachers were as overwhelmed as I was.
4: I hear you. Our middle school back to school night was a disaster as well. Like, like just... why did we do
0: this? <laughs> I know.
4: Why? Why did we do this? We showed up for it and we're like, cool. What's your schedule? <laughs> I
0: enjoyed <laughs> preschool back to school night. I. <laughs> I... I have fond memories for elementary yeah. school. <laughs> yeah, like, right? Go there, it's one teacher uh, or or maybe a couple. Uh, we had a couple, but it was like a primary place. You'd sit down and there was a little bit of questions and the dialogue. And, and I felt like when we were done, you know, out of the 25-ish students, the, the teacher has an idea who the parents might be. N- none of that happened in middle school.
3: <laughs> I have, I'm going to call this a fail but well, i'll tell I'll tell the fail, and then you'll understand why it's a little bit of a hesitation to call it a fail. So, my son, before back to school night, we were in the car on the way home, and he kept talking about this bread. He said, "Mommy, there is this bread. It is called Sukana bread. It is Hebrew." and we should make it, you should find the recipe on your phone. Okay, so I bake pretty often, and I know a lot of, like, different foods. I've never heard of Sukana bread. So I was asking him questions. I was like, well, like, which which teacher was talking to you about sukana bread to try to figure out, like, did it happen in his Hebrew class, or was it, like, his main his, his main teacher? And so he talked about it, and I was like, okay. I was like, look, I don't know what this Sukana bread is, but it's back-to-school night tonight, I will ask. So I go to back to school night, and, and I, you know, find the the teacher that he said, said it. And I said, Hey, have you been talking about, have you talked to Devin about Tsukana bread? I'm just, uh, or something that sounds like it, I, you know, he, he's probably mispronouncing it. I'm trying to figure out what it is. She's like, I have no idea what you're talking about. Okay, great. Uh, she's like, Oh, have you talked to his like regular, you know, all the time teacher Talked to his regular all the time teacher. She was like, no idea. So <laughs> To get home I was like Devin neither of the teachers that you told me know about sukana bread know what you're talking about he goes mama it is sukana bread and it it is a thing there is a recipe we should make it so it feels like a little bit of a fail that I can't figure and this is now we're going on like three or four days of talking about sukana bread I asked him to please Talk to his teachers to see. And now both of his teachers also know. So we're all trying to sort of like track down this mystery together. Anyway, so it's like sort of a fail. Because he like really, really wants me to find this recipe to make this bread. And I have like no idea what he's talking about. But also, like maybe he just made this up. like Which is very possible. He's just trying to like will Sukhana bread into reality. So that's okay. my... Outside of my you need like fail, or my son, like ultimate troll.
4: I seriously thought the story was going to end up with you to, like discovering it was zucchini bread.
3: No, there's nothing like there's nothing Jewish or Israeli about zucchini bread. I don't think it would be oh, zucchini bread. you
4: had it at Hebrew school. That it is. Or did somebody just
2: <laughs> brought in some zucchini bread?
4: No, listeners. If anyone has a recipe, <laughs> if knows share your recipe nab, for right? sukanah bread, please. <laughs> at Parent Driven Dev on Twitter, we need your recipes for sukanah bread. <laughs>
0: I, I would like to know what ha- if you made zucchini bread and handed it, you know, like I made some <laughs> uh, Like, Do you like, do you like, if this I just recipe?
3: made up back, what it was like, he's yeah. like making up this bread and I just like make something call, and I'm like, here you go.
4: Call the bluff. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if you're going to do that, why make something? Just get some wonder bread and be like, Hey, it's Sukuna bread. <laughs> it's a wonder. That is amazing. That is genius. <laughs> I want some suka Dove right now. It sounds amazing.
3: I will report back if I ever find out what this is.
4: This this will be the first recipe in our Parent Driven Dove recipe book. Speaking
1: of fundraisers.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Anyone else have a genius or a fail to share? Uh, yeah, I'll
1: go. My genius-ish, it's more just like, oh, finally pays off. I used our, like the haircutting set that we bought. So my my son, for his very first haircut, I found like a local... Salon that's supposed to be like really kid friendly, and then then I walked in and realized like what kid friendly means is just that they have seats that are shaped like cars. Like it didn't seem like the folks are necessarily <laughs> like specially trained in any other way or anything. So he does not like strangers touching him, which I'm kind of like, you know, that's like a pretty reasonable position to have, really. So like the whole experience was like pretty horrific, lots of screaming, and then like because he was like jerking around so much and we were trying to get out of there. Like the haircut was kind of incomplete anyway. So after that uh, we got home and we were like, you know what, for the, for the same $15 we paid for this haircut that we kind of have to fix at home anyway, like let's just buy some (laughs) haircutting shears. So I bought a set of shears from Amazon and I've cut his hair a couple times now. And so one, the, cost of the shears has now paid for itself. And two, like, I think I'm getting slightly better at it. There are fewer fixes that I have to do the next day or obviously uneven parts, but, but normally I just like, you know, what, for like for the price of free, like, this is a pretty good haircut for
0: a toddler. Nice. I did that for my son, the first 10 years of my son's life before somebody else cut his, cut his hair. And we did that once. And then we went, he would went back and just keep cutting it. So as long as it's that one style, I, I got pretty good. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
3: One question we do need to ask, Barrett, if people want to find out more about you online um, or in general, where, where should they look to do so?
5: So I am at Barrett Clark on Twitter. Two R's, two T's, B-A-R-R-E-T-T, Clark. Actually, I'm at Barrett Clark. Most places where you would have a digital footprint, I believe. That'd probably be the best. And um, hopefully I'll see you in Nashville at RubyConf.
4: Thanks so much for listening to the Parent Driven Development Podcast. We would love to hear from you. If you have any questions you'd like us to chat about on the air, you can email us at panel at Or you can tweet at us on Twitter. We're at Parent Driven Development. If you like what you hear, please consider supporting us on Patreon. You can find us at patreon.com slash parent driven dev or rate us on iTunes. It really does help. Thanks so much. All All right. Awesome. Thanks. Thanks, everyone. Thank you so much, Barrett. Thank you, everybody. Bye.